Welcome to Behind the Writer, the podcast about what the heck happens after you finally finish that novel. I'm your host, Julie Vade, and I'm here with my fellow indie authors to dive into the good, the bad, and the ugly of writing and publishing a novel. Today, I am joined by Emily Vanderbent. Emily is a natural-born storyteller. As a writer and historian, she desires to celebrate women in history. Through the Time Walker archives, Vanderbent uses elements of history to creatively engage readers with the past. She hopes her writing will encourage young women to fearlessly pursue their passions and own the narrative of their individual stories. Emily, welcome. Thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you for having me, Julie. Yeah, so let's jump right into it. Tell me about the books you have published right now. Yeah, uh, so my current series is a work of young adult historical fantasy, and it follows my main character, Adelaide, as she's sort of thrust into this world of the Red Rose Society, which is a secret order of time travelers. So she ends up pitted against all of these other initiates in this test back in time that will ultimately determine whether or not she'll get into the Red Rose Society and maybe one step closer to learning the truth about her parents' deaths. So it sort of has like elements of time travel, historical descendants, um, secret societies, deadly competition. Um, We've got some slow burn romance, some like hidden abilities, but sort of like with a twist. And then like the stories of different women in the past sort of all woven together. Um, So I'm currently working on the second book in that series, which is set to publish uh, early 2024. And then sort of on the side as well, I'm working on the first book in like a new adult uh, high fantasy that I'm going to pick up again uh, this year in a couple months during NaNoWriMo. Oh, okay. Wow, that sounds really interesting. What kind of draws you to history and fantasy and kind of those genres? My degree is actually in history. So I definitely have a passion for it. My like original goal or plan with life was to sort of graduate and then go into like a museum field. But then COVID hit and all the museums shut down. (laughs) So writing this story that has sort of always like kind of been on my heart and in my head was sort of my way to um, still sort of incorporate history, but also sort of lean into this other passion that I've had and combine them in a really sort of fun and interesting way. That's awesome. I feel like there's needs to be more fantasy and history combinations out there because it just sounds so fun. There's so much you could do with that. That's awesome. Yeah, there definitely is. And I've noticed that there's starting for whatever reason to be like some more, but for a while you, you couldn't find like at least when I was looking, you couldn't find like many, many books that sort of used that combination. But I think it is fun to have like the historical element and blend it with fantasy. You literally have all of history to draw from, which I think is really fun. Yeah, there's a vast amount of inspiration there. (laughs) Yeah, for sure. Um, So what makes you want to do so you said these ones you have now the uh, are young adult and you said your next series is going to be more of like a new adult. So what kind of I guess, made you like change over or like how you decide what kind of age level you want to write at? Yeah. So uh, when I started writing what would turn into the Time Walker archives, um, I was around the age that Adelaide is in the book. So she's a young adult. Um, And I was sort of using her story as a way to like process some of my own scars 
So it felt sort of natural for me to have her start the series around the same age that I was. I also just tend to read a lot of YA and like the way that despite having sort of a target audience for the genre, a lot of like the themes and the the truths that like those stories tend to tell are sort of universal. And so I think they're just kind of universally and universally uh, enjoyable and like applicable to people throughout all walks of life. And so now that like, I guess to address like the the shift, um, I'm still planning to write like books in the YA, but as far as like the Reign of Sea and Storm book and like that series goes, I think that now I'm just sort of in a new stage of life. So I want to sort of explore that and some of those topics and stuff through like a fictional lens. So I think it's kind of just growing with my writing and kind of dipping my toes into different genres. And I think that's kind of the fun part is you can kind of grow with it and um, try new things and experiment. And if you don't like it, you can go back to something else. Yeah. So that's kind of why I have YA and then I'm going to like start doing new adult as well. Okay. Are you interested in ever writing like an adult book as well or not really? I mean, yeah, I, I'm never going to say no. Um, I'm always open. It's kind of, I don't necessarily like start writing knowing what genre something is going to be I usually start with the story and then that usually tells me how old the characters need to be what characters they need to be um and the things that are sort of going to unfold in the plot a little bit more so if if I have a story that comes to mind that might be best suited for like an adult audience or told in that way then I'll definitely lean into it that's fun I feel like it's more fun to do like have a multiple like genres and multiple like everything when you're writing anyway and then you could just be a general fiction author you know what I mean yeah (laughs) okay so let's get into your um like writing and publishing process so how has that been and let's say how would it compare like your first book to like more some of your more recent books like the process how has it kind of evolved over time my journey has been a little bit interesting because I actually started publishing with a hybrid press and released two books through them But I sort of, through trial and error and different parts involved in that process, um, I sort of came to the decision to part ways with the hybrid press and re-release what was those first two books as the Time Walker archives under my own imprint. So I'm going to continue the series um, under my own imprint, which is Siage Press and whatever other stories um, might come along that I decide to also self-publish will be under that as well. What is a hybrid press? Oh, yeah. No, that's a really great question. Um, because I, I didn't know what a hybrid press was either until I sort of stumbled upon it. If you have publishing as a spectrum, kind of, on the one end, you have like indie publishing, where you're pretty much doing the whole thing yourself or hiring people out for different aspects of it that maybe aren't necessarily your strengths. So maybe you're hiring out an editor or you're hiring out like a formatter or or some like marketer. And then you have on the opposite end, you have traditional publishing, querying and everything like that, where someone else is sort of taking the reins for a lot of that stuff. And really your job is to create the story and like do a little bit of marketing as well. So a hybrid press is sort of in between where you have the structure of like a publisher, you have people that the publisher provides that you're working with as editors and formatters and everything. A lot of the marketing is still up to you. So it's sort of just like an in-between option. 
I would caution you when you're considering a hybrid press because there are very great hybrid presses out there. Everybody's journey is different, and I I don't think there's a right or a wrong way to start your author journey. I'm not, like, upset or regretful that I started my author journey that way. I learned a ton writing those two books with the hybrid press. I learned a ton about just authorship in general. I learned a ton about, um, like, the publishing industry and everything like that. So I'm not, like, regretful that that's how my journey started, but I think it's, I think we're always just, like, so eager to have our book published that we sort of sometimes jump on whatever little thing promises us that. So like I said, there are like good hybrid presses out there. I would just like do a little vetting, talk to some authors that have gone through them and stuff like that. Um, Because like the one I used, there were several people who have had really, really great experiences. There's several people that have not had so great experiences. And so ultimately I just decided that for my, for my book, for my author journey and for like the future that I see for that, that sort of putting that distance between us and relaunching was like the best choice for me. Yeah, that's awesome. That's got to be a hard decision to make because I'm sure it probably cost you a lot of money to then relaunch it and like make changes and whatever. So I'm proud of you. (laughs) Thank you. Yeah, it it definitely wasn't an easy choice. um, But I feel very good about it. And I've had such a great positive response from other readers and writers that I'm connected with people I've met like you, and through like conventions or just through like social media in general, I've had a really great response to the relaunch um, and sort of that taking back of my story. Yeah, so I definitely don't regret it at all. Good. So, okay. So let's go back to, I like cut you off a little bit before. (laughs) Let's go back to your process. (laughs) No, that was a good question to ask. Um, Yeah. So how long did it take you to like write the books? Have they gotten like faster as the more you've done it or how has that been? With the hybrid press, when I had originally wrote, we like cranked those out in like a year piece from like writing to publishing. Yeah. So very, very, very fast. The Time Walker archives, like, relaunch was sort of the first time that I had to, like, take ownership of, like, my schedule, the cadence of everything, because I didn't have that structure that the publisher had provided. And so that that was a little bit easier and a little bit faster for me to do because I was really just sort of beefing up the story a little bit. Um, I was combining those two books, beefing up the story, polishing things a little bit more than releasing. So that... that like re-release probably took me like a good handful of months. But now working on the Time Walker Archives Volume 2, since it's the first time I'm really starting from scratch with the story and seeing it all the way through myself, that's sort of taking a little bit longer because I'm having to sort of relearn how I how I work and outsource different things that like I don't necessarily have the skill to do, which is awesome. And I love working with these people. I've, I've met so many incredible people that have really helped me along in this journey. But yeah, I, I think I, I tend to be just sort of a slower, more methodical writer to begin with. So as far as like a general timetable, it takes me a little bit longer to get a story out and see it from the written stage to publication. I think that like in the indie world especially there's sort of this like unspoken pressure that we put on ourselves because we see a bunch of other authors sort of doing the like rapid release where they're just like cranking drafts out and and releasing like five books in a year which 
I think is awesome. Yes. I think it's awesome if you can do that. Like I have, I have so much respect for the authors that can do that. But I am very aware of like my limitations and writing is not something that I'm able to do full time yet either. So I think it's great. But again, you sort of just have to figure out like what your strengths and weaknesses are and like what your limitations are and set your own sort of goals for yourself in that. So then you have sort of those like guideposts because those goals and expectations that you have for yourself should be sort of the only standards that matter. It shouldn't matter what yeah. someone else is doing in their creative journey. It matters in the sense that you you appreciate what they're doing and you're rooting for them, but their success like doesn't necessarily make yours it doesn't diminish it at all. Like we're all on our own creative writing journeys. There is no right or wrong way to go about it. You have to sort of just like gauge for yourself what is reasonable for you to do in whatever time you have. Yeah. I mean, seriously, it takes some of these readers like a day to read like your book, even though it took you like years to do it. So it's definitely room for everyone's book to get read. (laughs) Oh yeah, for sure. So did you do like, I'm so curious about hybrid press. So like, did you do like formatting of your book yourself or did like the press do it? Like, are you kind of like relearning all that kind of stuff, you know, formatting and creating the front matter and the back matter? You know what I mean? Like doing all that stuff. Did you do that before? Is this kind of, you're learning that again? So when I was with the hybrid press, they provided all the editors, they did all the formatting, did, okay. they did like the cover and like arranging the text and everything like that. So like, Really, I had to do just a lot of the marketing and the creation of the actual story and the editing or like inputting the edits that were provided kind of thing. Right. With like my relaunch on my own now, I've hired out some of those skills since they're not ones that I I like necessarily have. They're ones I definitely want to like learn. I was on a little bit of a time crunch getting the Time Walker Archives volume one out because I had wanted to have it out for Imaginarium uh, this past year. Yeah. And so I just decided to hire out formatting, to hire out editing, cover design, and everything like that. But I think as I as I learn more and sort of grow in this process and have a little bit more of the time to like delve into some of these things, I might sort of start to do it myself. It's just going to really depend on like my timetable. Okay. That's good. Yeah. I, I feel like it's so hard to like give yourself deadlines because I also gave myself a deadline for Imaginarium for my second book because I was like I want to have both there yeah but it's like then you're like rushing things and then like not that it came out bad but I just feel like I probably could have like put more time in you know what I mean like you're I'm like regretful <laughs> I'm like I could have done more you know so it's hard to like give yourself deadlines oh. I feel like that are like hard and fast you know what I mean yeah yeah because they're like you want to it's a very fine line, I feel like, because you want to have that accountability. You want to give yourself deadlines, but like you're human at the same time and life happens. Yeah. So you want to also be able to give yourself grace. Then again, you flip that on its like side and not like enough grace that you're like continually pushing stuff back and continually like not meeting those deadlines. So it is, it's, it's very tricky and you don't want to feel rushed. You want to give yourself enough time to be able to tell the story But then like the reality of that too is that it's never going to be 110% perfect. There's always going to be something that you could do different, always going to be something you could have changed. So yeah, it's, it's been a very, very interesting learning process, I guess, at least for me. And it sounds like kind of you too of like finding that line between like giving yourself grace, but also like holding yourself accountable to like the creation of 
of our stories. Yeah. It's also awful when you're a perfectionist and everything has to be perfect because it's never going to be perfect. (laughs) All right. So let's go into uh, marketing. So what has kind of been your marketing approach for your books um, in terms of like events, social media, like what kind of things do you do do for them? Most of my marketing is done through social media and then uh, my newsletter. So I tend to focus on like organic reach through those two methods and then sort of revolve the rest of my more like targeted marketing around things like booking events and like signings or conferences, landing things like book boxes, and then like organizing collaborations with either readers or like other authors um, and just like getting other people involved in my marketing. So it's more of like a collaborative thing. I feel like social media is so hard to market on. Like, I never know, like, what to post or what's the trend. Like, I'm like, it's all over my head. (laughs) Yeah, it is a it is a fickle thing and an interesting thing to try to navigate. Most of the time I enjoy it, but sometimes it does get like very tedious because trends are always changing and there's no real way to sort of like hack the algorithm. I've sort of gotten to the point where I just do my best to produce content that I enjoy and that I have fun with um, and that like my readers and audience enjoy, which is sort of a lot of trial and error was was a lot of trial and error at first to just sort of figure that out. I enjoy it most of the time now, but it, it is definitely tricky. Good. Yeah, I need to try and enjoy it more because most of the time I'm just like, I could be writing like, I don't want to spend time on this. Yeah. This is dumb. <laughs> yeah, I try to like, batch content where I can so that if I like I know I've got like an hour or two on a Saturday morning or something I can just like purposefully sit down and like crank out some content but like that doesn't always happen all the time you know so so let's go back to your books a little bit we talked a little bit about this like with your bio but what kind of messages is important for you to be portraying in your books or like what kind of characters like what things do you want to kind of be putting out there with your stories I think for me it sort of depends on like the individual story that I'm telling but for the Time Walker archives I really wanted to use it as a way to sort of creatively share some of the stories of different women in the past and sort of emphasize the significance of history in not just like shaping the world, but like shaping us as individuals. I think that like learning to heal and like live with your scars is also sort of a huge message in the series. So I wanted to sort of create characters that were like messy and broken, but that don't necessarily try to like fix each other or like diminish each other's pain or experience, but sort of find ways to like come along and encourage each other in their like own healing journeys. Okay. That sounds awesome. Thank you. You're welcome. Uh, What has been one of your biggest challenges throughout the whole process of writing and publishing all of your books? I love this question. There have definitely been a lot of challenges along the way so far. I think one of the biggest ones has just sort of been like figuring out how to learn and establish my own creative journey instead of sort of hold myself to the expectations that I see other authors meeting. I sort of like talked about this a little bit earlier, but it's important to know like your strengths and your weaknesses. It's important to know like the limitations that you have within the realms of your own life. Everybody's life looks different. Everybody's stories looks different and everybody's like abilities are different. So well, someone might be able to, again, like crank out five books within a year. I know for myself that like, that's not something I can do, but 
that was definitely like a learning process I felt for a long time that like, if they can do it, why can't I do it kind of thing. And like, I think it is good to sort of challenge yourself and be like, okay, maybe I know that most of the time, like I can do maybe one book a year, but maybe I'll challenge myself and try to at least like get another one drafted, if not like published. So like, I don't know. I think it's good to sort of challenge yourself where you know your weaknesses are, but also like set expectations that are realistic for you to achieve at the same time. I think that was one of the biggest things I sort of had to like come to terms with, figure out for myself. Everybody, everybody's different. And that's okay. Everybody's journeys looks different. Everybody's story is different. And, and that's okay. Yeah, that kind of lends itself to the next question. So I feel like it's hard to not compare yourself to other people and kind of feel like, what am I doing? I can't even do it. Like, you know what I mean? Like, am I even an author? (laughs) So do you ever like kind of deal with that? Like, how do you deal with that kind of stuff? So imposter syndrome is definitely a thing that hits very often, I think, just for creatives in general. But I try to sort of remind myself that like, my journey is my own and I'm the one that gets to define that kind of like I said earlier, if someone else's success doesn't like lessen my own at all. I think kind of just the very idea of success is something that's very subjective. So I try to sort of go back to my own personal goals for myself in my book. That's sort of the only scale that matters is whether or not I'm meeting my personal goals, not if like my goals align with another author's. I shouldn't have to be meeting their goals. I should be having to like meet my own I mean, at that point, all you can do is like continue writing. Bad reviews are inevitable. Not every book is for every person. That's also sort of something I've had to learn. But that's okay, just because someone doesn't necessarily like your book or my book or someone else's book. That doesn't make the book itself bad. That just means like it wasn't a right fit for them. Like anytime that you create something, whether like it's us as authors or like an artist or um, a musician or whatever, anytime you like put something out into the world, you open yourself up to critique. And that's sort of something you have to figure out how to navigate. One of the one of the like fun things that I like to do when I get a bad review or something is I'll like pull up Goodreads and I'll type in like some of my all time favorite books some of like super popular books and stuff like that. And if you if you scroll through some of their bad reviews, like that just makes your day feel a whole lot better. Because again, you realize that like, this is a book that you absolutely adore. And someone else like absolutely hates it. So like, that's sort of that's applicable to like your own books as well. Like there, there is no, there's no right or wrong way to like go about that. You know, you have to sort of figure out how to deal with the critique and like accept their critique as well. I know that's something that a lot of people sort of struggle with when they start working with editors for the first time, because again, like they're there to help strengthen your story. But sometimes what they're thinking is also their own opinions versus what they think would be good for the story as a whole. And so you sort of have to learn how to filter that as well. So yeah, it's just, it's a very, it's a very big learning experience, which I think is fun. A lot of learning, a lot of growing, bad reviews and and everything like that are inevitable. But so are the good ones, you know, and that is those good ones are why you're continuing to tell the story. You know, the people that you're seeing it connect with. I know whenever I like read, I try not to read reviews of my books like a whole lot, but I like every so often just sort of get a sense of what people are thinking and feeling. But like when I read a good, like a good review, it just like, you know, it's that little boost of serotonin that goes like, oh yeah, like they understood that connection I was trying to make or I was the book that they were laying in bed going one more chapter, one more chapter, one more chapter. Yeah. (laughs) There's the good and the bad of every journey, but you just, you learn how to navigate it. 
Yeah, I feel like sometimes whenever I get a good review too, I'll be like, really? You're talking about my book? (laughs) I can't believe it. (laughs) It is. It's a surreal experience for sure. Is there anything that has surprised you either in a good way or a bad way throughout the whole process? I think that becoming an author has really sort of taught me the power of putting myself out there and being willing to ask questions. One of like my new favorite like little mantras that I've adopted is the answer is always no if you don't ask. So I've been sort of very pleasantly surprised by just how like kind and willing to help people in both the author and the reader community have been. I've met just so many incredible people and have had a lot of fun and awesome sort of opportunities come my way, all because I was willing to ask a question of them and they were willing to answer. So yeah, the the community aspect, I think, is what has surprised me the most and just how awesome and like collaborative people have been. Yeah, a lot of people have been saying that. I agree. So what's kind of your end goal with your writing? Do you have like a certain number of books that you want to publish or what's kind of the end goal? I have several goals for myself and my writing in general. One of the main ones, which I think a lot of us share, is just to one day be able to write full time. I don't know. Telling stories just like it brings me so much joy and I would love to be like, quote unquote, again, like successful, whatever that means, successful enough to be able to devote more time to writing and to be able to live off of my art. Yeah, I feel like that's, that's definitely the goal for a lot of people. It's going to be an indie author. You don't make a lot of money at it. So, you know, it's, it's, it's the dream. (laughs) So let's do some rapid fire questions, which every episode I say, I'm going to add another one. And I, again, did not add another one. Anybody who listens to all the episodes is going to be like, man, it's the same questions again. This is ridiculous. <laughs> uh, what hobbies do you have besides reading and writing? To bake, paint, and draw. Oh, fun. What is one of your favorite books that you've read? Oh, uh, The Invisible Life of Addie LaRue. Okay, that's a popular one. What is your favorite time of day to write? Probably at night. Okay. If you could pick one place in the world that you want to travel to, where would it be? Scotland. Nice. Such of a friend who's going to Scotland in a couple weeks. So oh, that's awesome. Do you listen to music while you're writing? And if so, what do you listen to? Uh, so I don't listen to music while I write, but I do make playlists that I will listen to while I'm brainstorming. And a lot of my current one has been, or I guess not a lot, but several of the songs for my current one have been um, Lana Del Rey. Oh, nice. And what is your biggest pet peeve or a trope that you don't like in books that you're reading? I, so little Emily used to love love triangles. Current Emily is not the biggest fan. I think just because you, you always know who it's going to be, you know, you know, from book one who they're going to end up with. I would almost like just rather skip all the drama of the love triangle and add some more like tumultuous like plot points with the one individual that like they're going to end up with. Right. Okay. And what is a trope or a theme that you would like to write about that you haven't written about before? Ooh, I would like to try something and I sort of have an idea for this, but it's a slow roasting one. We're, we're going to keep returning to it every so often and like develop it. But uh, something sort of like based on Arthurian legend 
Okay. That's cool. All right. So, um, all right. So now we're going to just do some wrap up questions. So what advice would you give to someone who's kind of just starting out is interested in indie publishing just kind of, or if they're starting to think about it, I would say determine early on sort of what your personal goals are for you and your writing as like a whole. I will fair warn you, the journey is going to be a wild one, but very, very well worth it. It always helps to sort of have those goals in the back of your mind as like guideposts along the way if you start to get confused or get lost. I would also say that you don't have to know all of the ins and outs of writing and publishing to get started. Um, You simply need to sort of start and be willing to learn and ask questions along the way and just like trust yourself and and trust your writing journey. Everyone's is going to look different. Yeah. The most important thing is to just get started. (laughs) Yeah. Because you'll always find an excuse not to. That imposter syndrome will kick you in the butt before you even start, you know? So. So what projects are you working on? What do you have coming up? I'm currently working on the Time Walker Archives Volume 2, which, like I said, releases early next year. And there will be three books in that series, so it'll be a trilogy. But after... I finish book two, I'm going to sort of switch gears a little bit to Reign of Sea and Storm, which is the first book in that new adult high fantasy series, which I'm really excited about. That one is very different from the Time Walker archives. It'll be dual perspective, which is different for me. Um, And I'm excited to sort of tackle that. And it'll involve like pirates, sirens, magic, feuding kingdoms, and other sort of elements. So I'm excited to sort of dive back into that world because I actually have about 20k written that I wrote for NaNoWriMo the previous year. So I'll be picking it back up and hopefully sort of finishing it within the next six-ish months. Okay, nice. That's exciting. I never really... Do you feel like doing NaNoWriMo is, um, I don't know, not not worth it, but like, is it like helpful to you? Because I've never really done it, but everybody always talks about it. So I don't know. Yeah. So, so overall... I found it very, very helpful. Again, I am I am a slow, methodical writer. That 50K goal is not necessarily realistic for me in a month. But when I did it and really stuck to it this past year for the first time, I wrote 20K of this Reign of Sea and Storm. So like, I didn't reach the 50K like word mark, but I still got a good part of the way there and a good part of the way into this story. So it was very helpful for me. I also like found a community of other writers who were participating. We would do sprints together and stuff like that. So that sort of accountability was super helpful as well. So I think if you're if you're someone who just like needs that extra something to like get your butt in the seat, get the words written, force through whatever like internal editor you've got and just like write, then I think NaNoWriMo is a really great way to do that regardless of if you like reach that 50k or not I know um some people will also like set their own personal goals so like some people I know like try to write more than 50k some people are like okay I'll go for half of it within this month so yeah I personally found it super helpful and I'm excited to do it again okay cool yeah I was always curious about that maybe I'll try it this year I um I think last year I had another writer friend who was like oh let's do it you know like we can do writing sprints together and then I like I think at, I think at the time I was like editing, I was like in the editing stages of, of like whatever book it was, I think my second book. And, um, 
So I ended up editing the whole entire month and like didn't write anything. Oh yeah. <laughs> I was like, oh my God. <laughs> but you were still working out a book. Yeah, I was. That's true. All right. So um final thing is tell everybody where they can find you. What's your social media? Are you gonna be at any events? Where can everybody keep in touch with you? So I'm most active on Instagram and you can follow me there as well as TikTok at Emily Vanderbent underscore author. I'm also constantly adding like book signings and events and stuff. So you can find all of that information as well as like information on my books at my website, which is emilyvanderbent.org. And you can also there sign up for my newsletter, which I sign I send out about like one a month. I try not to spam you or anything, but that just usually has like general book updates. It'll have like again, signings and events that are coming up. I tend to do like giveaways and show a lot of different things to my newsletter subscribers before I release it on like social media and more widely. And then uh, I will be returning to Imaginarium Book Fest next year in June. So if you are planning to attend, I would definitely love to say hi. Feel free to stop by at my table. All right. Well, that's all I have. Thank you so much. This has been so fun talking with you. Oh, thank you for having me, Julie. It has been a blast. Thanks for joining me today on Behind the Writer. Make sure you're following our Instagram at Behind the Writer Pod for all the latest updates and previews of the guests to come. We'll see you next time.